I'm Tavis Smiley, and I'm delighted to have you in with us in this uh, hour of our program today. Sounds of Public Enemy, Fight the Power. In this hour, we're talking about fighting the power. Joined by comedian and Academy Award-winning actress Monique and actress Countess Vaughn, along with Sidney Hicks, to talk about their lawsuit against CBS and Paramount for unpaid residuals from the success of their hit show, The Parkers, and to shed light on their concerns about fair compensation as advocates for equity within the entertainment industry. The timing of this conversation could not be more propitious, given, as you probably already know, that the uh, writers... Guild last night came to a tentative agreement with the powers that be, the powers that they were fighting. Uh, they came to an agreement, a tentative agreement last night. We will see what the vote looks like in the coming days. But the good news is, as I read it, as I see it, that the writers got pretty much everything they want. As we say around here all the time, when we fight, we win. When we fight, we win. This union flexed on uh, the powers that be uh, in this town of Hollywood, L.A., where I sit right now. Uh, and um, they won. They won big, uh, apparently. And so we will see, again, what happens in the coming days. The actors are still out on strike. Uh, and so uh, that one might be a little more a little more tricky, um, the terrain a bit more tricky uh, to traverse. So we'll see what happens there in the coming days. You know that the UAW uh, is out on strike. We've been talking about that in our program today. So this is a season, if you will, a summer of strikes where people are demanding that they be treated fairly that they be treated equitably. Um, Dave Chappelle, you recall some months ago, raised these issues about the way he was maltreated when it came to his show, Chappelle's show, and the ways that he was not being compensated fairly after they took it and started putting it on Netflix and everywhere else. And so uh, Dave ultimately got some respect uh, in that regard. Here now come Monique and Countess Vaughn, and I and Matt Adam, uh, trying to make CBS and Paramount do right by them. The show ran for a a number of seasons and went into syndication. And I was thinking the other day, as I bring Monique into the conversation now, that I don't know another black comedian, a black female comedian who has a show, has ever had a show to get into syndication. Am I right about that, Monique? I, you are right about that, Tavis. Not that I know of. Yeah. yeah. The only female yeah. black comedian that had a sitcom to go into syndication. Yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, it's good to hear your voice. I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. Let me just say that. I'm, I'm sorry, Tavis. Say that again, baby. I said it's good to hear your voice. For starters, I love you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Let me start with that. Well, let me start back with it. I love you, and ain't nothing you can do about that either. <laughs> I appreciate the phone call. Uh, I texted you the other day. I appreciate the phone call uh, on my birthday a couple weeks ago. You were so kind to call in and offer those birthday greetings. So, so thank you for that. And I look forward to this hour to unpack your fight against CBS and Paramount. Now that I've welcomed Monique, let me welcome Countess Vaughn. Countess, how are you today? I'm good. Hello, hello. It's good to hear your voice as well. Thank you for coming on. And uh, last oh, but certainly not least, you thank like you. thank you very much. Last but not least, Sydney Hicks, who is uh, Monique's manager, and as you all know, uh, her husband as well. Mm. Sydney, good to have you on. How are you, Sid? Man, wonderful, brother. Thanks for having us on. It's good to have you on. Now that now that I've introduced everybody, now that we're all here, let me just say when we come forward, I'm going to start actually with Sydney, because Sydney's the manager and uh, the force uh, in part behind this fight on behalf of Monique and Countess. And I want to hear why he's fighting. I want to hear what P CBS and Paramount have, have, have said uh, or not said, done or not done. And this ain't you know, this ain't no laughing matter, but it is kind of funny. Uh, if you know anything about Hollywood, these studios will tell you all day long that the project ain't made no money. Uh, they told James Cameron that Titanic 
hadn't made any money. Uh, and I could do this all day long if I had the time. So this is not a new story, uh, but it matters. It matters when these people are black and they are being railroaded and not treated fairly by the system, as it were. So we'll get Sydney to start this conversation, tell us what the uh, what the frame is, and then we'll bring Monique and Countess Vaughn into the dialogue. Glad I have them all three for the hour. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. All right, Sydney. Uh, Sydney Hicks, give me uh, give me a few minutes of uh, backstory on um, on this uh, this lawsuit against CBS and Paramount brought on behalf of Monique and Countess uh, regarding the show The Parkers. The backstory is of such where, to your point, she's the first female comedian, and Countess goes way back in this industry with a program called the Parkers that historically, as everyone knows, that it knows anyone about, knows anything about the entertainment business, that these shows that are done that feature black folks, especially black women, are not done expensively. Everything was done on, in the studio and or literally outside of the studio in close proximity. Uh, when you talk to the executive producers, uh, Ralph Farquhar, and I say to him, so I'm assuming that this is done for about $20 million a year. He said, no, nowhere near that much money. For the first three years, it wasn't even 15 mm-hmm. So if we were to take 15 in the last two years and we were to take the uh, first two year, three years at being $10 million, you're looking at a project that was done literally under $70 million. Mm-hmm. Then when you get, and that's for five years in totality, under $70 million. Now, that sounds like a lot of money until you start seeing the information that comes in, and then you notice the Parkers, which went into syndication before it went off the air, and it was done or out of production by 2004. By 2009, when you see statements that say the Parkers had a gross revenue of over $700 million, but a deficit of close to a billion dollars, how does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How do you make a product that went year to year to year? And you know, they don't keep black projects on TV unless they make money. Mm-hmm. So they have to make money. So by the fifth year, they were beyond it, uh, making money. So when you see that, that in 2009, the show was supposedly a billion dollars in deficit. However, it had made over $700 million. What has it done in the 23-year period? Now we're in 2023, and that was 2009. So we said, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And when you see that Monique and Countess together collectively not from ownership, but from the residuals, have literally made 25 thousandths of a percent, that's a problem. Mm. How does one, I'm just curious here, I, 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 you know, I, I hear your numbers and you're, you're spot on, of course, but, but how does one even argue, on what basis do they say that a show that's made $700 million have a billion-dollar deficit? Like, what, like what, what argument, what are the factors that would, what would even allow them to make the case that a show has a deficit that significant? What happens is you don't have to make up an excuse that's good when you're in a system that is designed against you. Mm-hmm. And everyone that's working, hence the word systemic, means that systematically... 
this environment is designed for you to lose, especially when you're a woman of color. Mm -hmm. And when you have uh, Roseanne telling Monique, I got my check when everything was over. Well, people will say to these black women, well, how come y'all didn't know? And how come you didn't do it? When you come into the business as a performer, it's kind of much like you coming to the business uh, uh, as you go to your mechanic and you say, I work as a school teacher, but you're going to trust your mechanic to do their job. You're mm -hmm. not getting underneath the car. Mm -hmm. You're going to trust the attorneys. You're going to trust your agents to do their job. And by the by, when you have an individual such as Monique's former agent, whose name was Susie Unger, Monique had fired her some years ago due to the fact that she felt that she was racist. Susie Unger calls her back 14 years later and says, Monique, I'm calling you back to let you know you were right. And not right in the sense like she was a person burning crosses on people's lawn, but right in the way she says, I want to apologize because I catered to the system. I'm now doing DEI work. I left the business altogether mm. because of you, because you inspired me to work on myself, and I wanted to call you back to let you know I could not and I did not protect you in the manner that uh, I was supposed to. Well, she did this deal. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have these people that you're relying on to do these things for you and they don't look like you and you get the rarity for them to tell you, they catered to the system and didn't look out for your best interests. Mm. That's why we're where we are right now. All right, Monique, let me hear you in your own words, and we'll get to Countess in a moment here. Tell me, um, Sydney's laid the frame for us. Tell me why um, this fight is so important to you right now. Well, when I first got the show, the show called The Parkers, and everyone said to me, if you have ownership in your show, once you go to syndication, you will never have to work again. Mm. That's what the, that's what the, you want to go to syndication. You want to go to syndication. Well, when we went into syndication, I wasn't even notified that we were in syndication. Actually, Countess got notified we went into syndication because they gave her a gift. And I'll let her tell y'all that. Mm -hmm. And we joked about it the other day. I said, well, I have one better. No one even told me we went into syndication. So what happens is, Tavis, and the reason why Countess and I are speaking up is because we simply want what we signed up for. We want the deal that we signed up for. Now, it, it is a very small percentage that we do, very small. Mm -hmm. We're just saying, can we get it? Mm -hmm. And if the audience that's listening right now know what we went through actually doing the show, when the show was happening, the treatment we received. Now, let me say this so I can be clear. When I went to that studio, I had a great time every day with Dorian Wilson, Jenna Van Oy, Yvette Wilson, Ken Lawson, and of course, my pudding count is fine. We had a great time. In reference to the business part of it, it was so much that we did not know, and no one informed us of it. Not the attorney, not the agent, not the executive. So to say why are we having this fight, because we want, we want what's rightfully due to us. If the audience knew, Countess and I were paying for our own hair products, Savage. You're talking about on a hit show. When we got to the last season, we wanted to get something to eat. We simply wanted to go to a restaurant and get something to eat and send a PA out to get it. The line producer of that show, Nancy Sproul, said to us, oh, no, we can't do that. You, you know, you won't be able to do that. You would have to call Larry Little to do that. Well, Larry Little was the owner of Big Ticket Television. And I guess she thought 
that I was too afraid to talk to him. Well, I called him. And I said, Larry, we're trying to get something to eat. He said, well, why are you calling me? I said, because the line producer said that we had to call you. Now, I don't know how true this is. I've heard it through the years that line producers get to keep whatever they save. Again, I don't know. I've heard that through the years. But it was things we were going through while we were there doing the Parker that made me say something's wrong with this picture. Now, years later, years later, as I watched that show back, and you, what was Nikki Parker's favorite drink? Zay. You remember? Alizé. Alizé. It was Alizé. <laughs> now, today, today we know that as branding. Today we know that as endorsement. They, somebody got paid to put that on the show, mm-hmm. but what they did was just wrote it into the script. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know any better. I'm just thinking this is what this woman drinks. So now that we sit here 24 years later, Tavis, and we are watching our images on TV every day, all day, and not just in America. Our show airs all over the world. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to convince us that this show make no money. <laughs> That's what we can't, we, we, we can't allow that. And what the big studios bank on, they bank on, you won't have enough money You're giving to up. Yeah. Yes. Mm. They bank on us. It's just become too much, and and we're not going to fight it, and we're just going to go ahead and just accept whatever y'all want to give us. That's what they bank on. But today what we're saying is we're not going to do that. We've got to fight this because when my grandbabies watch the show, and I know that somebody else's grandbabies is benefiting from me and Countess's image, and we're not saying they shouldn't benefit, but shouldn't we benefit as well? Yeah. All right, Countess, your turn. Talk to me. It's just insulting. When I, I was very disappointed. I mean, after waiting for so long and being patient, I thought, you know, I didn't know it was going to. I knew it was going to be hard, but not this hard, mm. you know. And I thought through being patient and, you know, because every time I would go to my business manager, he would always tell me, oh, they haven't made enough. So by this time, I'm thinking, it's, it's time. They've made enough. And to here in the mediation what they were talking about i was insulted mm-hmm. you know not knowing that over all this time you know they would say okay here this is what you deserve you know when when you got a pay cut at the you know the last couple of seasons so that you would have something on the back end this was promised to me mm-hmm. and now it's a slap in the face i'm i'm upset hold on i, I, I want to make sure i heard you correctly so you got a show that runs five seasons. It, it it makes its way into syndication. And did I hear you say in the last couple of seasons they asked you to take a pay cut? Yes. Mm. Um, because with the promise of the back end. Yeah. See, that's that's the yes, promise. With the know? promise. And and we were told the Parkers made money. Oh, y'all gonna get paid because the Parkers made money. Well, now we're here. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> see, see it to the extent you can. Give me, give me some extent to, to the extent that Monique encounters are comfortable. Um, I know something, and these days you can just Google it and read it everywhere. Whenever there's a hit show, you can read all in the news the kind of money the stars are making per episode. Give me some sense of how they treated Monique and Countess salary-wise on this show. They treated them poorly. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you have a hit show that's a number one show in its first year out, 
and this is why I it was important for me to state that her former agent who told her throughout when it was number one, well, we're not going to renegotiate for you to have more money. We normally wait till the third year to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, when the third year come came, uh, they then got a raise that was less than five thousand dollars an episode. Meanwhile, friends get a hundred grand, starting off, mm-hmm. uh, go up to a million, mm-hmm. the whole nine, and they'll say, "Well, the, y'all aren't friends. We're not." We're not. But what happens is at the end of five years, at the end of five years, when you have two black women making under $60,000 an episode at the fifth year, the fifth year, where was their loss? It did not cost any money to make the show. Together, they were just making over $110,000. Together, there have been... uh, uh, Paid in terms of residuals, twenty five thousandth of one percent. Mm. I don't even know what that is. I had to ask AI <laughs> what was that. That's how low that is. So when you see that, and then you say all they are supposed to receive is a little less than three percent, three percent. Yeah. But what happens is when you look at two billion dollars, that can easily. Uh, appear that it makes over that time when you made a billion in 2009 we're looking at 50 million dollars a piece see it starts to add up mm-hmm. not including interest and in things of that nature and what happens is we live in a society in which the the value of uh black folks which you talk about all the time as well as the value especially on black women they're devalued constantly and because what happens is the uh, powers that be are emboldened by the fact that people don't come together on behalf of women of color, and oftentimes women of color go against women of color because they yes. say you should have known mm. what they expected, mm. like Whoopi Goldberg told Monique, you should have known what to expect. But what is negated is the thought of, but is that right? Can you expect somebody to do something that they don't owe? Should you expect somebody? And and we're having a call of action. The president of CBS, his name is Bob Backish. As I understand it, he's a great guy. And we can't fault him for this because this is something that preceded his time uh, before he was the president Mm -hmm. of CBS in the manner Mm -hmm. in which he sits now. But what we would call on Bob Backish to do is the same way that you honored Brother Dave Chappelle, we need you to honor these black women because it is unreasonable. It's the equivalent of your normal gas and electric bill is $100 a month. You leave and go out of town for three months. You come back, and now your bill is $5,000 a month. And average out, you say, well, I wasn't there using anything. How could it be? Mm-hmm. And they're going to mm-hmm. say, well, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense. You can't have a product that's in the deficit that supersedes the amount of the whole project in its entirety. And when Brother Paul Mooney, our ancestor Paul Mooney, says specifically, yes. you've got networks like UPN that take black projects to pay for white projects 
this is what it appears to yeah. be. When we come forward, um, I, I, I want to um, ask Monique and Countess directly. I'll start with Monique. Whether or not, given what Sydney has just said, the indictment is just of the studio. Is this an indictment just of CBS and Paramount? Or are there other folks in this process who you think um, exploited you? We'll start with that and, and build from there. When we come forward with Monique, Sydney Hicks, and Countess Vaughn, who you're listening to right now on Tavis Smiley. This is getting good. Yeah, man. Tavis Smiley, Smiley continues when we come forward. Forward, forward, forward. Sounds different, huh? This is Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Tavis Smiley in conversation with Academy Award winner, brilliant comedian Monique, uh, amazing actress Countess Vaughn, who both starred, of course, in The Parkers, and uh, Monique's manager and husband, um, Sidney Hicks. Sidney, before I get to Monique and, and Countess and ask um, specifically whether or not uh, there are folk to be indicted beyond just the studio, uh, are there other folk who they feel exploited by in this process? Um, what, what exactly are we asking CBS and Paramount to do? Um, we talked earlier about the fact that Dave Chappelle went directly to the people and Monique and Countess are going directly to the people. We'll talk later in this hour about what we're asking the people to do. Everyday people, as Sly Stone might say. But, but what, are we, what, what, should, what, what should Bob Backish, what are we asking CBS and Paramount to do exactly, specifically? The same exact thing they did with Dave Chappelle, which is let's have a conversation, let's make it right, or explain to the people how a project that has based upon what we've looked at, made easily $2 billion, only paid out in terms of revenue to the stars of that 25 thousandths of a percent and not received anything close to what it is that they're supposed to receive. And why would it be a situation where you would uh, speak with, you would indulge, you would deal with, and you would work out with an individual who's saying, I signed a, a bad deal out of desperation, and these women are saying, listen, it, it's not the greatest deal, but it's the deal we signed, and you're not even giving us what it is that we signed up for based upon what it is that you've made. I'm, I, I'm not naive in asking this, Sid, right quick, but, uh, very quickly, because I want to get Monique and, and Countess back in. Uh, not, not naive in asking this, but if Monique... If what she said earlier is true, obviously Monique said it, I believe it, um, that it's not the best deal and it's a small number, but it's what we agreed to. And, no, and even though the number is small, give us what we signed up for. If the number is that small, why won't they do it? Well, what happens is we have to ask ourselves how greedy exactly has this system been yeah. and how greedy is this system. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say Clearly, I want to state this clearly, as it relates to Bob Backish, this is not a calling out of him, mm -hmm. but it's a calling up in terms of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Because what's taking place is we live in an environment, though uh, black people, though black women are treated harshly, what we need folks to see at this very moment is that this is a very relevant situation because we've had the opportunities to review the numbers, okay? 57% of SAG-AFTRA is white. 65% mm -hmm. of the Writers Guild of America is white. 85% of the executives are white. So what happens is the real issue is they don't want to share the green despite the fact that you're white and if you're black they want to share it even less mm. so what happens is this should be a pivotal moment in our society where 
what the Black Panthers said years ago in reference to we're all connected. We're all in the same boat. If you're not part of the 1%, then you're part of the 99%. And what happens is if you don't uh, have an issue with watching someone else being treated improperly, you're just waiting and biding your time before you yeah. get treated improperly because you're emboldening the powers that be to say they're not going to stand up against us. I see messages and posts uh, pouring in, Monique. Let me just read one to you right quick. Uh, Tavis R.E., the Parkers, slavery and sharecropping black women in entertainment. Um, I missed this show when it was running, but literally watched its first episodes just this week, ironically which means that their talent and value perpetuate indefinitely and somebody's getting paid or the show and those like them would not still be running. Just one comment from one person here. Uh, and there are many others I could read if I had the time. So Monique, I posed this question earlier that I want to get to you now, and that is whether or not it is only the studio that you feel exploited by. I'm not, I'm not asking for names if you want to go there. I'm just trying to figure out whether or not it's just the studio, whether there were others in this process who kept you in the dark hey, that you feel exploited by. Well, when I know you are. I have an uh, agent that had to call back mm -hmm. and say, let me apologize. Right. See, the Parkers was executive produced by a black woman. Mm. It was a black man that pulled me up mm. because he overheard a conversation about why I was actually asking the sister that did my hair at the time to give me her receipt so I could reimburse her for the hair product. He then pulled me up and said, what do you mean you'll get, why, why are you reimbursing her? I said, oh, uh, you know, I, I don't want her to have to pay for my products. He said, Monique, you, you're one of the stars of a show. Why are you paying for anything? No one pulled me up to say anything. So when people say, you know, you should have known better, you should have did this, you should have did that. Yes, it's the studio, but I believe, Tavis, it's the whole system mm -hmm. because there is no mm -hmm. Hollywood one-on-one. -on -one. There is no orientation. There is no, okay, let's sit down and say what, you know, what, what you should look out for and what this is. There's none of that. It is just go. Mm -hmm. And you figure it out as you go. Mm -hmm. So again, exactly not Exactly like she's saying, I went mm -hmm. from Oisha and then all of a sudden they're saying that you're going to be working with Monique and I'm on a spinoff. It's like... <laughs> I had no idea. I was so caught up in that mm -hmm. and, and, and trying to be my best at that job. It was just, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Countess, are, 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 there, are there people you feel exploited by, or is it just a studio for you? Just a studio. Yeah. I mean, recognize what we do and, and give us our money. Simple as that. Yeah. You know, impatient. Yeah. That's all I want. Monique, Monique, tell me, this, this is a, a philosophical question, it's a broad question, but, but, but it, it requires having lived some life, which you have done at this point, obviously. When you look at where you are now and all that you've accomplished and all that you know now that you didn't know then, your Academy Award on the shelf or wherever you put it, um, what, what, what do you think about the journey uh, of discovery, the journey of learning, the journey, frankly, of exploitation that you've been on? Just talk to me about the journey. I'm going to tell you something, Tavis. I'm grateful for the journey. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for learning it the way that I learned it. And I'm grateful for the knowledge that I have right now. So that the babies that are listening to Countess and I right now, we're trying to say, listen, we're going to have this battle. 
But when you're just walking into it, know what to look for. Mm. Know what questions to ask. Know what, know when to say this doesn't look right or this doesn't sound right. You've got to know all of those things because they'll get you in and say, oh, well, you should have known. Well, when did I go to training for that? Mm-hmm. When, did I, when I signed up to be a comedian and a talk show host. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't view contracts. That's, that's not my expertise. You have attorneys for that. And the attorneys that I had for that said, oh, this is good. Yeah, well, you, sign that. So when you say the exploited, it, it, I believe it's all in. It's all in because we don't, just like when, when Counter said to me, Mommy, do you know we were getting fan mail and they never gave it to us? I said, baby, I never knew we were getting fan mail. She said they never wanted us to know because they didn't want us to know the power that we had with the audience. Mm-hmm. So I never even knew there was fan mail. When you say, who do we place blame on? It, I, I believe it's all in. When we would have our rap parties, Tavis, mm-hmm. most of our rap parties would be with counters on stage, which means nobody paid no money, nobody did nothing. They just threw something together. Now, we're a hit show. Mm-hmm. We are a hit show. Our last rap party was at a bowling alley. We're a hit show. Mm-hmm. So when you say, it, I, I believe it, it's a feeling of all in. Yeah. It really is. To this to this larger uh, question, uh, see, which I want to tap into when we come forward here in just a second, this larger question of uh, the exploitation of black artistry, black artists, that is, and the exploitation of black talent, um, they just don't know. You heard Monique say she didn't know. She signed up to be a talk show host and uh, an actress and a comedian. She didn't know. It's not her lane to do contracts. Count just mentioned a moment ago she went from Moesha to a spinoff, and uh, here we come at the Parkers, and she didn't know. Um, so you, you, you have people that just aren't aware of, of the process and you have to rely on people. I've done it. Monique's done it. Countess has done it in this business. We all do it. And yet I'm curious as to whether or not it makes a difference. We hear this all the time. We talk about it all the time. Does it make a difference whether or not your agent, your manager is black? If they're black, does that protect you from what you don't know? Or are you at risk no matter who's representing you because you just don't know? We'll talk about that when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. What? Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? ideas. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Hey, Sid, I don't like um, I don't like I don't like generalizations, and I try to avoid them. But I think I've been at this long enough now that I can generalize in this regard. So, black folk, whether they're playing sports, whether in the music business, or whether they're on TV or the small, uh, big screen or small screen, like Monique and Countess, the, the 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 general the general view has been, I think, for for decades on end, if you're black, you might get um, a white agent, uh, you might get a white accountant. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because you assume that white folk know white folk, and when they're in conversation on your behalf, they're going to do right by you. And you assume that because they've been at it for a while, they know all the tricks of the trade, they know where you're going to get screwed in your contract, and they can look for that stuff and weed it out in your contract. Um, we keep having this conversation, and I'm not, I ain't mad at it, that we ought to be represented, that black folk ought to be rep by black folk. Uh, but you hear the first um, the first frame about why many people get white agents and white managers. But there's also this issue of whether or not we would do better if, if we were rep by black folk. Um, where this situation is concerned, um, shed some light on, on your thinking in that regard. What I, what I would say is the same manner in which 
uh, people may stereotype black people, and we have to say that we are not monolithic. We are all not all one way. Mm-hmm. You literally, in this business, you can't judge people by their color. you got to judge them by their consciousness because, in the words of Brother Chuck D., every brother ain't a brother because of color, mm-hmm. and we ran into that situation. When I look at the executive producers of the Parkers, we stated to the attorneys, Monique's attorneys, listen, think it would be very impactful if they came together with the executive producers. Sarah Finney Johnson, I heard her tell Monique she was never made aware of that. I spoke to Ralph Farquhar. I said this would be very impactful because you as the executive producers who have had uh, um, forensic accounting, you know what the budget is you know it's lunacy for them to try to get over on you because you know what the numbers and you've communicated them to me. It's going to be more impactful if you include Countess and Monique in this process because most people don't know who you are, but it's unprecedented for the executive producers and the actors to come together. Well, we never heard about them, and you never heard about a public lawsuit because they seemingly wanted to do things quietly. Now, don't begrudge them for that because the system is a programming system, and it programs us to be fearful of standing up. So let's get things done quietly behind closed doors. The reason why we're speaking up in reference to this is because I liken it to what they tell you in self-defense is this. If someone ever abducts you, in the parking lot, your best opportunity for to escape for you to escape is while you're in the parking lot and you must scream and you must fight. If you go with them, mm-hmm. don't think you're going to negotiate in the back of the van. <laughs> you're not going to be able to win down when you're in the basement. Mm-hmm. You're at their mercy. So when you do these things behind closed doors, you're at their mercy because yeah. it's a system that's been set up under the guise of legal but it's not fair. Yeah, my granddad put it this way. You got to get down where you get mad. <laughs> you got to get down where you get mad. Don't get in the van. Don't end up in the basement. You got to get down right where you get mad. Our remaining moments, we'll give the last word to Monique and Countess Vaughn when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Rank number 45 on the heavy 100 list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. 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 That's who. The conversation continues right now. Somebody raised up the name of Jesse Jackson, Monique, earlier in our conversation today when he ran for president in 84 and 88. I was there working on the campaign. I remember uh, all the good white folk asking, what does Jesse want? (laughs) What does Jesse want? So I'm asking you, what does Monique want? You know, let me say it. First of all, we want justice Mm -hmm. and we want to be paid fairly what we do. And second of all, Tavis, what I want is, is I want us to stick together more. Mm. I want us, because oftentimes we can be each other's worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And if I, have, if I can, I just want to read you something that was written in 2015 <clears throat> by uh, Shirley Ralph. Mm-hmm. And as I watch our beautiful sister now on that platform, and she's saying, pay us what you owe us. You act like you forgot. Mm-hmm. Shot, shot, shot. I appreciate that, and I respect that. But in 2015, that wasn't sure what Shirley Roth was saying when it came to me. When it came to me, Roth doesn't believe Monique's career is done, but she says Monique needs to work on herself and shed some of the baggage and weight 
Now, when she comes back, she better be as tiny as you, speaking about the host she was talking to, and she don't need to be Monique anymore because obviously what she was doing was not working. So she needs to come back brand new. Now, the same thing she's fighting for right now, Tavis, mm-hmm. was the same thing I was fighting for when she made this comment in 2015 on, I, I believe it was uh, Access Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So we, we send inconsistent messages to our community. So for me, yes, treat counters Vaughn, and I give us what we're supposed to get. Yeah. But can we as a community stand together and stop playing both sides of the fence? We, we just get on whatever bus feels good. Mm-hmm. Can we as a community, when we know it doesn't make sense, when we know it's not logical, yeah. we got to stand together and not just get on whatever bus at the moment. Yeah. I got so six... let's stop being our worst enemy. Nope, I, I, I respect that. Respect it immensely. Countess, I got 60 seconds. Last word to you. What does Countess want? No, we stand together, me and Monique. We, it, this is a great example of two black women who are together. We love each other. Yeah. And yes, know, we ride or die. Yeah. It's uh, not no stereotype. You know, we love each other. This is what it's about. about. Yeah. And, you know, whether whatever happens, I love her. And mm. she knows I love. She knows our love is genuine. Mm. So it's all good. It's a beautiful thing. See it. I got 45 seconds here. So g- give me give me, give me, me an assignment for the audience. So what, what can everyday people who loved the Parkers, and I loved it because y'all gave me a cameo on one episode. I never forgot it. I loved showing up on the Parkers for uh, playing myself in one of those episodes. What's the audience right quick, uh, uh, Sydney, to do to help in this regard? Dave Chappelle went to the audience. Monique Encounters are going to everyday people. What can we do? Sid, did I lose you? Did I lose you, Sid? Sid, 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 Sid. You as everyday people out there, as we all are, um, what we would ask is reach out to CBS. There's a man named Bob Baggish. Speak up. Speak out in reference to it because it's you. The, the, The job that they do is in the public's eye, but it's no different than the job that you go to on a regular basis where you're dealing with individuals that don't value your time and they don't pay you accordingly. One thing black folk know how to do is use social media. All you got to do is put the name Bob Backish and CBS Paramount uh, in your tweet, in your post, whatever it is you're going to do. You do that. Uh, trust me, CBS will hear about it. Mr. Backish will hear about it. That's what we can do to aid these two sisters, Monique and Countess Vaughn, in their fight for equity. And that's what it ought to be about. I'm out of time. I thank Monique. I thank Countess Vaughn. I thank Sidney Hicks for coming on. I'm back here tomorrow to do it all over again, uh, Lord willing. Until tomorrow, thanks for tuning in. And as always, keep the faith. 